It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time to sparkle. Hello, citizens of Sparkle Town. This is your deputy mayor speaking. Sparkle Town is a municipality that intersects and overlaps with the city of Berlin. It is ruled by the Contessa and its citizens are absolutely everyone who listens to this. So what, 12 people? But we persevere. Today's episode is um, season three, episode eight. And we're talking to the Darvish. Okay, let's have story time. <laughs> yes, please. Welcome to episode eight of season three. I think it's eight. It is eight. Because we still haven't worked out the sound. Those of you who've been paying attention know that we will switch to season four as soon as we get the sound right. Well, you're doing better with than I am. Uh, yeah. Because I'm, I'm... I made a mess of this interview and then I had to give it to the deputy mayor to fix it. Right. So the intro will be gone. Well, the regular intro. Yeah, well, the one where you say, you ask, you usually announce who we're talking to. I'm not going to announce. No, it's just going to start. Yeah. It's just going to start from out of nowhere. And it's a long one, so let's not ramble on for too much and just, just get to it. Okay. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Darvish. Uh, I'm a self-taught queer performer, uh, performance artist, um, originally from Syria, but now living in Berlin and working on um, obtaining my queer life, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, like definitely um, establishing uh, a better community in the, uh, in the queer life of Berlin. I first saw you hit a stage in Berlin a few years ago. Yeah. And you were not going by the Darvish at that point. True, true. Because, yeah, to be honest, at first it was um, never thought of as uh, a serious career. I'm going to, like, be honest and, and say it was really um, a one-time thing at the beginning. It was like, yeah, well, let's try it. It's, it's, it's fun. It's me expressing something that is inside of me and... Uh, yeah, let's just let's just see see what the reaction of my friends and the people around me would be. And I was not thinking through it, of course, like with name or with uh, stage presence and so on. So I went with you already know perhaps like the <laughs> Bubble Butt Maharaja, which was a name given to me by Giza Polk. <laughs> oh god that was like the first time the first time when i was went up on stage and she was like what shall we call you and i was like i don't know Haidar or something and i was like why not maharaja and i was like yeah that has a big bubble butt <laughs> and she was like bubble butt maharaja <laughs> count on geese to pick a name <laughs> Exactly. She she got it all figured out. But of course, then when all went well and there was a, obviously something bigger, um, I went with the stage name, the the Darvish, which actually resonate with my actual last name. Like my last name is Darvish, but I just changed the V, the W to V, because in German you pronounce it Darvish, and in Syria you pronounce it Darwish. Darwish. Yes. Oh, 
Yep. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I actually prefer to say that, but you know, not everyone will understand it here, here in here in Europe. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got on that stage as if you had been performing for quite a while, so you, you, that was not your very first time on stage. Um, it depends. Which which one are you talking about? Because. Uh, there was the first first time ever that I performed was in Axel Hotel, which was an invitation uh, from Judy Ladivina. Yes, and it was it was basically what I said before, which was only for trying it out and for the sake of uh, having fun. And uh, that was actually the first time I performed, and I was nervous. Let me tell you, I was like cracking uh, with with anxiety like what am I doing and so on but then um, uh, a couple of times and I just had to release and enjoy it basically just enjoying what I'm doing and it kind of continued with me until I got to where I am right now so yeah well, which which stage are you thinking? Like, well, I'm trying to remember if I saw you first at the Poke House or first with Judy, because we would go to the Axel Hotel mm -hmm. sometimes, as well as to the House of Presents shows. Yeah, but I think I, the first time I saw you was actually in at Monster Ronson's. Should have been at Monster Ronson's. That would have been with Giza then. Yeah. So at, at that at that time, I was already like performing with Judy for. Uh, a couple of months and um, I kind of uh, had more relaxed atmosphere to performing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How long have you been belly dancing? Uh, let's say now three years. Yeah, it's, it's almost three years. I've been living in Berlin now almost four years now. Uh -huh. And the first year, of course, it was very much... Uh, uh, coming and um, settling and uh, very like ups and downs with paperwork and so on. So after that, I then was more able to do whatever I want. So it started kind of, yeah, three, three years ago, approximately three years ago with belly dancing. It, it, I honestly think that when you got on a stage, it looked like you've been doing this for years. <laughs> well, it, it has some truth to it, of course, because uh, I used to just have fun and belly dance or actually just dance if it was hip hop or anything when I was back home in Syria. But that's that was definitely a secret because like we would be gathered, me and my friends and all of the, all of the like faggots, you know, dancing in secret in their bedroom to, I don't know, Lady Gaga or something. <laughs> But you know how it goes. We had to we had to do our own um, way and go with what we have, and it was it was fun. So it kind it kind of felt like yeah, I was dancing from years and years. But it was nice to show it uh, at the end of it. You know, like it was nice to portray it on stage where it it where it's where it's received with love. That's that's that was very important. I'm very grateful that Berlin does that because otherwise I would be missing things like this. Yes. It would, it would be the only way you would see a belly dancer would be in a, in a men's club somewhere. 
and true. you know you go in as a woman and to watch a, a belly dancer and everybody's looking at you you know it's like yeah. excuse me are you going to dance next it's like Just go away i'm here to see the belly dancers <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, or or at somebody's party yeah like private private parties and normally like uh knowing from experience normally it would be just women mm-hmm. and in the case of uh, in the case of it would if it was um if it would be like a man for example let's have turkey they do have private parties where they invite like male belly dancers but that is strictly for like gay men parties you know there's no diversity or there's no um real entertainment value it's just for the sake of like it's a gay party we call like uh, a male belly dancer you know so i don't know if if that resonates with what you just said it does it absolutely does it's the kind of thing where not everybody's invited yeah yeah and particularly in in what is supposed to be or hopes to be something approaching a safe space they don't want just anybody coming in anyway yeah yeah uh, true so off the street no way no way yeah but i'm very uh grateful for the um like open mindedness and open heart as well of the berlin community that just allows you to be you honestly <laughs> <laughs> they really do yeah i have also seen you in what um some people might call full drag you wore some heels and you ran across the rushour bridge yes honey that was definitely a memory for the for the bucks <laughs> i mean yeah like when when i um dress flamboyant and put on my heels of course i feel extravagant but i don't consider myself uh, uh as a as a drag queen per se mm-hmm. because um I respect the drag craft. It is so much work and it is it so is. much like you have to really put your put yourself um and indulge fully to this to this um craft and I do like respect immensely the drag performers but myself uh I don't necessarily um yeah I don't necessarily call myself a drag queen because uh I don't think I'm there yet. I don't think um like when I when I of course every drag is valid valid but uh, when I when I just wear a wig and put some hair um I just feel cute, you know? <laughs> but sometimes yeah. You I are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> But yeah, it's there's there's a in my head, of course, there's um, a lot of steps to be a a, a professional um, drag performer. You've done for now three years. You've been doing belly dancing for Berlin. Yeah. What has this taught you about yourself? <sighs> um, it's it's. A very interesting question because you know I'm always evolving, not just not just in in belly dance, but as well as um, in various life aspects. Like I I see myself evolving in many many um, genres that I think 
just dive in and learn and that's how you evolve like the the the, the decision of going and trying out to be up, up on stage and putting something that i love and performing something that really means something to me uh, exploded in such a, a beautiful way that I have never thought of, you know? So belly dancing kind of brought me to who I am and dancing in general makes me evolve even more and more. Like every time, every time I, I receive the, uh, the messages on, on, on either Instagram or Facebook or whatever saying that when people see me doing what I do and they kind of encourage me and they love the craft that I'm, that I'm offering, it just feels like I'm doing something right. Like I am on the right path. Even, even sometimes when I have self-doubts about myself and self-doubt about what I'm doing because of my background or because of my, um, you know, the community that, that I come from, when I see those messages, I know that I am on the right path and I am doing something not just for me, but also for many to represent what the LGBT community has to offer, mm -hmm. you know? So it, it kind of, um, yeah, belly dancing always makes me think positive about myself and about what a, what a person can can be. It, this has got to be difficult. If you're not hearing the crowds during lockdown, you're only seeing chat boxes and and little hearts that fly up on the screen. If you're watching it on Instagram, and uh, that's got to be really hard when you are there. It, it, you're you're pouring yourself out with nothing. Yeah. Um, me and some friends, we actually talked about this and let's be honest here. Of course, it's very, very hard and, uh, it's a different experience that we are going through here. Um, I'm not, um, I'm not sure how long it will be, but to be honest, it is very different. It's very hard because on stage, you kind of have this climax of you are, performing and you at the end you're like of course you're giving it all and you receive the the cheers and the screams and so that so it feels like yeah like a, 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 a certain climax for for every performance you know like mm -hmm. a, a kind of appreciation um while online you kind of know that uh the the, the um crowd or the people that are watching are receiving it with love but there's no climax mm -hmm. you know like during the, the quarantine or the lockdown whenever i performed or whenever i uh, uh, i was online um th this this joy of putting an outfit on and uh dancing and performing and sweating and then just silent after that after that it, it yeah. kind of it's it's not ideal like it's very um 
Yeah, and anticlimaxy. <laughs> it's it's Has weird. it been easier over at, for instance, at Tipsy Bear, where you at least have a few people there working some tech with you, and there's yeah. it's more than just you in your room. Exactly. Yeah, for 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 that uh, uh, live stream, we did have uh, FKA on the technical part and uh, other um, like. Who was it? Seven that was like taking Seven. care of the, um, taking yeah. care of the, uh, like live stream and so, so you kind of get that like a little bit of the of the of that vibe. So it's really really nice to just have to get back on stage again. You know, it was also very nice. It it was a different uh, different story than performing live from your room or from your living room, but um, um, yeah, it it kind of was a little bit of an upgrade, you know? Just go back in time a little bit. Why Berlin? Ooh, um, okay, let's have story time. <laughs> yes, please. I, when I was, when I, when I was back in Syria, I, ha I was in a relationship with a guy and uh, he had to uh, flee and the decision was to flee to Germany because at that time it was known it was like uh, the best destination for uh, seeking asylum okay. uh, I'm talking about 2016 that that's when I got out of um, Syria so before that I was finishing my paperwork and so on and uh, I applied for the universities in, in Germany which was uh, in Leipzig and Saarbrücken those two universities I applied for, um, and I got accepted. So, like, Germany was my my um, destination, mm -hmm. but Berlin was kind of uh, like the first stepping down from the plane, you know? Okay. And I had already uh, two friends here in Berlin living. One of them is my good uh, German friend, uh, which helped me, of course, with my uh, paperwork and so on. The other one was my uh, childhood friend from back home from Syria. He already like applied for a university here, and I knew that he lived here. So uh, I knew that if I came to Berlin, I already at least know someone, right? Rather than anyone anywhere else in in, in Germany, because like, of course, I'm not going to go to Leipzig immediately and not knowing anyone, not knowing anything. And I was like, I really did not know nothing. Mm -hmm. So um, that, was, that was the initial uh, decision. Like, okay, first, a couple of months in Berlin, just to uh, kind of have, have, I don't know, someone to receive me. Mm -hmm. And then I can, I can uh, continue my path to uh, whatever uh, university and so on. But then when I uh, lived in Berlin, I had to apply for the um, I had to apply for the language uh, school, right? Before before going to the university, so I can speak German and so on. So I applied and I studied and I studied here for like three to four months. Mm -hmm. uh, in that time, I was in Berlin, you know, <laughs> and I was discovering what Berlin is. Mm -hmm. So after three or four months, I decided I wanna I wanna stay in Berlin. This is this is where I need to be. Mm -hmm. 
And it was just like a gut feeling of do not go anywhere else because you know this is this is the, the place. Mm -hmm. And from a past um, experience, I knew when you when you have like a big move or an, like a big step in your life and from from city to city, always choose capitals. This is for everyone out there. <laughs> always choose capitals. Okay. <laughs> Because I knew already, like when I was back in Syria, go to Damascus, like go to Damascus, study in Damascus. It's it's the best for like for uh, being yourself in, away from your parents and just um, choosing your 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 own decisions in in like this big fuzz of the city. Also, go to uh, Beirut, Lebanon, but go to Beirut because you know this is the capital. There's the, everything happens there, especially like. Uh, being from a small town, like uh, a small town boy, you kind of want to have this experience of a, of, a, of, a, of a big city. So yeah, that's why I said always choose the capital and that was the correct decision of me moving to Berlin. <laughs> Yay! Oh, cool. Yeah. Capitals, yes. Go Capitals! <laughs> when you're not scheduled to perform with the drag queens, where yeah. most of us are accustomed to seeing you, like with Judy or the House of Presents. Yeah, like performing with, with the queens and producing kind of like choreographies and doing with them, yeah. You also work with at least one other group that I know of. That is, of course, uh, yeah, I, um, I do uh, organize the Queens Against Borders uh, with Olympia, for sure. Talk to me about Queens Against Borders. So, um, storytelling time. Hey, <laughs> first, time first time I got um, um, encountered with Queens Against Borders was actually when I uh, just moved uh, to Berlin. And I saw um, the, like, I heard from friends that they're going to this um, show that supports uh, refugees and so on. So I was like, of course I want to come. And then um, I first saw them at, uh, Zudblock. They were still doing their productions at Zudblock, and when I saw uh, Nikki and when I saw like the others just dancing to the music that is like basically our culture, I was just ecstatic. I was very very happy. And then like uh, at that time, I was not performing at all. I was like I was not. Uh, comprehensible with the thought of me going up on stage. I was just enjoying it from from uh, um, uh, spectators' point of view. Mm -hmm. But then, when when my dancing career uh, kind of um, uh, rose <laughs> or happened, um, I was um, I, I recall um, Olympia uh, booking me for the first. Queens Against Borders that happened on the stage of SO36, that's where I got in contact with Olympia, but of course, like I have seen her shows before, but I, there was no um, uh, direct contact, but when, when she booked me for the uh, Queens Against Borders at SO36, uh, I was very, very honored and very, very happy and um, I really 
gave it 110 in terms of performance and, and in terms of like everything that uh, went uh, down with with organizing the uh, the show uh, so Olympia saw that and Olympia really uh, enjoyed how precise I am when it comes to organizing and uh, when it comes to really working for something bigger than my just myself. And the next thing I know it, she called me, I don't know, a couple of months, a couple of months after requesting or asking if I would jump on the organizational uh, boat with her and, um, if I were up basically to be her partner in, in organizing Queens Against Borders, because basically what uh, she said, and I quote, you cannot work on a cause from the perspective of being just white. This is true. You know? So she, she's, she's working on, on building the, the bridge between the refugees and the established uh, artists of, of Europe but she cannot do it by herself because she will always be like, there, there's always this uh, factor of really connecting uh, the organization, like Queens Against Borders, to what it really stands for, you know? Yes. So I was more than, more than honored when she asked me uh, to be um, her partner in crime, let's say. And... Um, yeah, like being the other half of Queens Against Borders, which comes from, um, of course, my background with with knowing the Arabic language and knowing how the refugee community works and uh, uh, kind of help um, establish a better uh, connection and bond between those two, like the, the trans refugees uh, artists and the uh, other performers. And um, yeah, of course, I took the uh, the offer, and um, since then, now we have created, I think, five uh, or, or I don't, I'm not sure if it's five or more, but like we have been creating such good job, and every time at uh, we organize the event at SO36, I I remember that first time I got into the the backstage and like being just very happy you know very very honored and happy and now every time we work together on whatever production it's just pure joy like queens against borders to me means so much uh, and uh, olympia of course agrees with that like she sees how how um much i love this cause and how much i um work for it and we both really um enjoy putting all of these productions for the people. And it's also, like I said, for, for a good cause. So it's, it's a win-win. I'm going to ask for one secret. Where are you getting your outfits? <laughs> that is no secret. I'm very, very happy to share it, of course. There is this uh, lovely, lovely woman called... Um, I forgot what's... Oh, my God, I forgot her name. <laughs> I forgot her name, but I, but I, uh, but I, but the place is called uh, Saidi. 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 It's um, uh, an Oriental uh, outfits shop, and I know she gets her uh, merch from Egypt. Um, we met when I was performing on a boat once, mm -hmm. and she had a bazaar, but like she yeah. opened like she opened like a pop up 
bazaar and I actually took her um, contacts and I told her, okay, I'm going to uh, come to your store and I'm going to buy something. And I did. When I, when I entered that store, I was like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, it was so, so surreal to just see all those amazing outfits. She has, she has really wonderful outfits. Everything you can think of and everything you, you can uh, imagine to, to like uh, have a, uh, a sparkly performance. Um, she has, yeah, most of, most of, most of her, uh, merch are from Egypt. She, uh, before, of course, uh, the lockdown, she used to travel every couple of months, she buys the, buys the things from there. Yeah. Uh, and comes back, uh, to, uh, yeah, to put them in the, in the store. But, uh, if anyone hearing now and interested, uh, please send me like, uh, any hint and I will be happy to share the location because I honestly don't have it now at the top of my brain. <laughs> remember me. Remember me later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Booking is um, hard to come by at the moment, at least for stages. Mm. But if somebody wants to book Darvish for a show, how? Yeah. Do we get in touch with... Um... With the management? <laughs> yes. Management, mom <laughs> Of course, um, I have no uh, like um, production company or management or something. So Yet. best best is to um, contact me directly, like on my email or on my Instagram or Facebook, um, which is like Darvish Haidar. But yeah, um, for now, directly, and I'm very happy, like. Before it was such an easy task. People just um, share, you know, like share my share my Instagram account, and uh, I would get booking uh, from uh, like Booker to Booker to Booker. So that was that was nice. But yeah, definitely now it's it's a little bit hard. I would actually like to talk about. Um, how grateful I am for the community and how um, we help each other with with uh, with difficult times, you know? It's just very, very important in my opinion that uh, we stick together. And this is something I really uh, felt in this pandemic. And I um, just hold it dear to my heart because as queer people, we go through really different, difficult um, times, and uh, not everyone had it easy, of course. But uh, just this sense of being there for each other uh, resonates really well in my heart, and, and I'm so grateful that we are able to build such such big supportive. Um, system uh, although um, it's sometimes hard to communicate but we know that we're all there for each other when when we really need it um, which brings me to maybe something I don't know if I should uh, <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of um, uh, in a in a pick uh, how, how do I say it hmm. I'm kind of in a situation at the moment. Mm -hmm. 
which is I'm thinking it's it's now it's the time to uh, come out to my dad. Oh, wow. And I'm not sure how he will receive it. I'm not sure how it will go because definitely it's it's definitely a hard hard thing to do <laughs> coming coming like coming out from for, from this person to to someone that has no idea of of his son's uh, life so i'm kind of um in 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 conversation with myself how everything will happen but one thing for sure that i know whatever the result is i know that i can turn out to my community and i will just like fall back kind of Mm-hmm. to be received with them or from them or within them <laughs> so yeah I, this is this is something that i'm um dealing with at the moment that that one's hard it's uh, it's hard i know but i think um i just have to think it uh, think uh, from the positive uh side of it like just going with it with um kind of having all the possibilities that might happen uh, might happen with me coming out to to uh, to someone uh, uh, someone to my dad <laughs> uh, but yeah like i said it's um, i just have to go through it yeah i wish you the best for that please let us know how it comes how how it how it goes thank you very much yeah i'm um I'm a little bit scared to be honest. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to lie but uh, yeah, I know that whatever happens um like this is something um the queer community ha- have sometimes uh to deal with. Like this is part of our life, you know. Uh, yeah. Just when when such things happen, I'm and I'm I'm taking like worst case scenario if such thing goes wrong we always have our chosen family we do we always have our support system to get us through difficult times and to to just pull us through and kind of rise together so this is this is something um like from the bright side of it and uh, i'm just thankful for that because i know that 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 will happen <laughs> Yes. That that's a good backup, it, but it doesn't change the fear that you're facing. Yeah. Going in. True. Going in. True. I'm going to ask my people, if anybody knows anyone we can talk to about things like this, please reach out to Darvish. Yes, please. <laughs> if you had if you had like um a similar experience um of what we just spoke please reach out to me <laughs> please reach out to Darvish we need to find out because this you're not going to be the first one that's going to mention this exactly so this is like this is an experience hopefully if if um whatever comes out of it of course i would like to share it and um kind of help someone else that might think of the same um like idea of of the, if they want to come out of or if they are dealing with uh, this struggle in their brain so yeah whomever that is 
listening and uh, thinking of such thing, maybe we can talk about it. And uh, I'm very, very happy to kind of share thoughts and ideas. Um, yeah. Yeah. Best case scenario. Thanks for telling me. I've known for years. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> May that be the scenario you face. <laughs> yeah, it's like, girl, I know. <laughs> now you're telling me. <laughs> you're like, oh, God, it took you that many years? But yeah, this is hopefully um, what would happen. But we'll see. We'll see. Jarvis, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for the lovely invitation. I love it. Uh, when is the next time that you're on? Oh, um... When, Judy, hmm. you're still doing your uh, Hafla nights. Uh, not frequently, but we're planning on the next one. We haven't yet decided on a, on a, on a like, a... Uh, Fest datum? <laughs> how okay. do say like, like how, um, The date is not uh, yet set in stone. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for helping me. <laughs> but I have, um, this, is, this is also something maybe positive about this lockdown, which is we, uh, like myself or uh, as, as performers, uh, we can reach um, the, the different stages or continent that we not we did not necessarily uh, perform on you know like I had um, so far three bookings outside of Berlin but in in a normal situation I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been able to take it you know right <laughs> so like performing performing in New York and in uh, Atlanta and now and next uh, weekend which uh, like this this upcoming um, Sunday I'm going to perform in fucking Glasgow. <laughs> So this is something very interesting. International belly dance star without leaving Berlin. <laughs> right? So it's it's very, very interesting that we are able to um, reach uh, a broader audience, like uh, people from different cities that they are uh, able to see because, you know, in, in a way, the internet does connect us all. Uh, and just uh, having those online shows um, can definitely grow the, the fan base or definitely reach, uh, make us reach more and more people, which, which is kind of amazing if you think about it. It is amazing. I'm loving, yeah. I'm loving it. I get, I get something new every day on the computer. Follow Darvish, the Darvish official. Mm -hmm. And that way you get to see what's coming up next. What exactly. don't you watch tonight? <laughs> yes, thank you so so much. Thank Follow you. me for the newest um yeah, performances and stories and stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. I cannot wait to see your face and clap in your ears. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you so much again for this lovely conversation and invitation. I really uh, appreciate what you're doing for um the community. I I hope it's getting out to a few more ears. <laughs> Yeah, I, I will definitely share it and let everyone know that, hey, bitches, come here, listen. <laughs> Thank you, darling. Mwah. Stay healthy. Thank you, you too, and hopefully see you soon. See you soon. Yes, we hope to see everybody soon. Story time with the Darvish. Yes. And again, as you said, um, best of luck. 
for anybody that, i'm serious about this discussion. if anyone has any insights clues is facing this themselves if you've got to come out to parents get in touch with the darvish yeah, y'all can at least commiserate in my case i, I more or less had to come in <laughs> no because uh, there was i don't know that they were convinced but i think they were thinking that possibly i might be gay you're not no i'm not i'm sorry no it's yeah i know it sucks but th that's the way it goes you don't get to choose no you don't get to choose and uh i will story time i just really oh for, here we for, go for, for those who don't don't know it the reason i uh, never really had to doubt my straightness uh, despite how much i identify with gay culture etc is because when I was 14, my best friend and mentor, the man who first played, well, at that point he was a boy, but first played uh, Bowie for me and things like that and just really um, got me uh, into, well, various uh, cultural things. He gave me my first punk mixtape and things like that. He came out as gay and he made a pass at me and if I could have reciprocated at this point, I would have enthusiastically done so. But I couldn't, and that's how I knew. I'm sorry, you're homo-romantic, but you're heterosexual. Exactly, yes. No, I can definitely fall for guys. There's, there's some guys I'm, I'm, uh, I could be romantically interested in, but yeah, alas. I tried. Half the population, darling. Yeah, I know. I, d I did my best, but... Uh, now you're stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But anyway, so that was the end well, of my story. And every time other female short. on the planet. Well, theoretically. Yeah, theoretically. You know, theoretically, uh, although I think I'm only interested in about two percent at most. That's still <laughs> That's a lot. That's still a lot of That's people. Still a lot to uh, to choose from. Anyways, uh, you wanted to talk about tomorrow's online stuff. Tomorrow is Tuesday, mm -hmm. which means it's. I think, is Morgan Wood Callisto doing the... I think she only does every other week. Okay. Well, in any case, at 9 o'clock, I will be on the Twitch TV watching Giza's Poke House. And at 10, I will be watching on Twitch TV Pansy Presents. And yeah, maybe later we'll tell you how you can catch the Contessa on Twitch TV. But that's Oh, enough. no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then we won't. But anyway... That's what we've got to plug for now. We got to get this episode out, and um, we've got people coming. I'm waiting for my godson to call me on Skype, so we're gonna. And I'm hungry, so it's time to eat. You are now departing Sparkle Town. This was a Thelandrome production, edited by me, with the Contessa talking, doing the interview. I don't know if she used Zoom or Skype, I don't care. The sound was bad enough as it is. We're going to work on uh, having people recording their end, and then maybe it will sound better. I think you got the gist of it anyway. Come on, you know you did. <laughs> <laughs>